0: The story of a boy who dreamed of becoming a man, but dreamed up a monster instead. It has hunted you since the summer of 1994, back when we confessed who we were through mixtapes, when every movie at the video store had dirty heads. You were 13 and thought you knew who you were. Only the shadow with too many teeth knew you better. It still does, and it won't stop, not until you come home. Where it all began. Part cosmic horror, part coming-of-age story, *Dirty Heads* is a terrifying read from the author of *House of Sighs*, *The Fallen Boys*, and *A Place for Sinners*. Out now.
1: Starting Saturday, eleventh of September,
0: season two of Author Question Time on Ross Jeffrey's YouTube channel. Join Bram Stoker Award-nominated author Ross Jeffrey alongside co-hosts T.C. Parker and Kev Harrison as they discuss books, writing and creativity
1: with huge names in horror and dark fiction, like Josh Malaman and Alan Baxter, alongside some of the most exciting new voices on the indie scene, such as Eric LaRocca, Hayley Piper and Laurel Hightower. Come,
0: bring your questions, join in the conversation.
1: Don't Break the Oath is the fourth volume of the Women in Horror anthologies from Kandisha Press. Featuring a forward from the VP of the HWA, Megan O'Curry, and stories from 23 women from all around the world. Candles will burn as we speak our dark oath. Edited by Jill Girardi and Janine Pipe. Don't break the oath will be out in ebook and paperback on Halloween. Thank you. Looking for your next hard writing podcast fix The This is horror podcast for readers, writers and creators is the ultimate show for writing advice, tips, and a personal look into the lives of all your favorite authors. This is horror podcast. Listen in to long-form conversations with some of the best writers and creatives on the planet. Over 400 episodes with masters of horror such as Joe R. Lansdale, Chuck Palahniuk, Josh Mallerman, Joe Hill, Charlene Harris, Craig Clevenger, Ellen Datlow, Kathy Koja, and many more. The This Is Horror Podcast. Listen in at www.thisishorror.com. That's the This Is Horror Podcast for readers. Writers and creators to another episode of Dead Headspace Spotlights. This is a mini episode where we have a reading. There's actually going to be a little bit something different today. We talk about more than just a reading. And uh, this is actually coming up the date of Aaron Dries' release of his upcoming book. Well, now new book. So before we get into that, my name is Patrick R. McDonough. Join with me is Brennan LaFaro. Say hi, Brennan.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: And as always, we are a part of Silver Shamrock's Hardcast. And on that network is uh, Killing Time with Silver Shamrock and Unburied in the Dead, where we exhume classic horror paperbacks for the new generation. And uh, today we are joined by the lovely Aaron Dry. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you all doing, everybody? (laughs) Fantastic. And uh, if you are watching us and you see goofy smiles on our face... That is because we just watched something. We'll get into that shortly, and it is fucking awesome. And um, if you missed the first time Aaron was on, he was with us with the guest host, Mary Sangiovanni, season one finale that was about 10 months ago. And uh, you know what? Let's just jump into what you're going to read because there's so many things I want to talk to you about now. So you just take away with then Brennan. You go in after him, man. <laughs>
0: um firstly guys it's so great to be back I, I uh you, you're both fantastic and this podcast is the bee's knees you both know I love it so much oh, thank you and and considering the state the world is in and I can't go anywhere or do anything the fact that I can feel like I'm at a con hanging with friends listening to people that I admire means so much so um but yeah, so look, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna jump in and read from my new release. It's a novella that's coming out pretty much day and date that you'll be hearing this, and it's called Dirty Heads. Um, Dirty Heads. For those who remember the VHS days, was <laughs> you chuck <laughs> chuck a video into your VCR and then it would just look like absolute shit, and you'd have to hit that tracking button real good to scrub those heads clean. Um, and it's a little bit of a double, like a double meaning there, because this is really about a, a kid who's going through some self. Some self doubt and is convinced that his thoughts are dirty and unclean, um, and it's it's set in the it's set in the mid nineties, um, and th- there's there's probably a little bit more of me in this one than I probably normally would admit. But hey, we're here just chatting with friends, um, and in terms of a reading, how long would you
1: like me to read for? Honestly, dude, as long as you want, because this is gonna go longer than a half an hour <laughs> due to the due to the the content that we just saw that we'll be talking about not now but later what it is yeah look
0: um look i I think i'll just start from reading the first chapter because i think it sets the tone fairly clearly um and that way uh but uh, however i can just keep reading the entire thing and then this can double as an audiobook thank you very much guys (laughs) (laughs) I i did in sound effects (laughs) That's
1: that's the frankenstein monster that comes out at the end
0: that's it that's it um, so uh, this this particular novella it's 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 a longish novella, um, a little bit different for me uh, stepping aside from my te- uh, slightly more splatterpunky uh, psychological horror thrillers uh, to something with a bit more of a cosmic bent. Um, it's an odd book. It's a really weird kind of slightly surreal coming of age story with a cosmic uh, little thread running through the background. Um, and it is. Uh, it, it starts off the. It'll start off uh, with our lead character. His name is Heath Spooner. His friends call him Spoons. Uh, he basically starts off the story homeless and is uh, going to have to wind back the clock to an inciting incident that happened when he was 13 um so let's start off uh in australia on the road sleeping under the stars with spoons and uh and let's see how life has been treating him when you're on the run when you're marked you've burned energy you never had so eat everything you can find Rip that plastic bag open and shovel out the cabbage leaves, flicking off maggots, remembering to sift for broken glass. Don't think about who you used to be. Not when you're on your knees, in the rain, alley eating behind a small town Chinese restaurant. The days of greens before ice cream are dead. Keep your engine full, because the shadow with too many teeth wants you tired. You're easier to catch when you're tired. A noise in the dark, I spin around, noodle threads dangling from my fingers, peer with my one good eye. Who's there? More likely than not, it's one of us. They call us the homeless. It's easier for people to think of us as a mass, a horde, than someone's kid. Even if I'm right, I've spent too many nights sleeping rough under the stars these past two summers to assume the best of others. The quiet turns people street mean. We become insects fighting for rot and shelter. No mercy, no middle ground. I've seen things no 19-year-old should. Still, I take any one of those sad sons or daughters with their hunger and underpass confessions they share around tin barrel fires over the monster. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe we always were insects. Ants with cosmic universes inside them going about their business in their ecosystems, bucking against the chain of command, only to learn everything falls apart if they buck too hard. The bully is nothing without the bullied, so the bullied must submit. Teachers need students. Churches without believers are just buildings with pretty windows. Eat. Survive. Parasites turning on parasites because everyone, every last one of us, has a part to play. And we all must feed in the end. I said, who's fucking there? The alley is a throat of shadow ringed with pink and blue neon from loading dock signs. A curtain of rainwater between me and whoever, whatever, is back there. Looking at me, bone wet, on my knees, next to the schwin. My heartbeat quickens. Thudding blood through my system makes my head feel like it's going to explode. Fear helps you see better in the dark. A shadow moves against the wall, the slop of a foot. Sick decay on the breeze. Tossing the noodle threads, I fumble for my waterlogged backpack and swing it over my shoulders, the extra weight making my muscles grind. I push my bike into the storm, the front wheel popping on a broken beer bottle. Looking back is never a good idea. The storm clears. I lean against a tree in a nearby park, too wired to sleep. Country dark is thick with memories that tongue you until you're raw. Light spills across the sky, explosions of sound. Birds call, dogs how. It's still a few days to New Year's Eve, the year 2000, but people are celebrating early. Good for them. I can't help wondering how they'll react if the millennium bug, the big Y2K we've heard so much about, throws the world into darkness after all. Perhaps for once, others will experience the panic I live with every day, that uncertainty about starting over. It's like we'll almost be equals. And I'll leave it there.
1: Goddamn. That's a great line to end on. Holy shit. Brendan, I said you go next, sir. So please, you go next. (laughs) I loved it, man.
2: You know, you you told us there's a little bit more autobiography in here than, you know, perhaps you uh, would like to admit. Um and uh, you know even if I hadn't read the book I could glean that just from you reading that first chapter break, um and and speaking of you know you mentioned dirty heads and the tracking lines I I absolutely loved the way that you made those tracking lines your chapter breaks, <laughs> um,
1: which so is which is lover.
2: which is something I want to talk about here. Um, formatting is is a huge part of this, and I, I you know it's certainly not. Tantamount to creating a good story But it certainly adds to one when done right And you I feel like you had some fun formatting This book so I, I would love for you to talk About that
0: I've got a name for you <laughs> And his name is Scott Cole Scott Cole who is a terrific author Himself who wrote Super Ghost And Slices, a terrific collection of stories um, And is a good friend of mine And, and formatted this book for me uh, For me the way I consider it Is that People can get an, uh, get the Kindle, get the ebook, or they can get the paperback. But if we're going to get the paperback, you, I'm preaching to the choir guys. I covet paperbacks. I love them. I love the feel. I love, and, and I think it can be. We wanted to do something special for the paperback. And especially because it's a shorter novel. And I'm also a bit of a tight ass. I'm like, if you're going to buy a novella, um, i want it to be extra juicy and worth it so we wanted to create a thing of beauty and that absolutely extended into the layout um it opens and ends with a little vhs little tribute um the, the chapter breaks uh, a, a, a dirty head static um the the chapters while the, the story is told consecutively, but the chapters count backwards, like a tape rewinding. Um, and, and then there's the cover art itself, which was a collaboration between Scott's layout and a terrific piece of art that, um, that, that was done by a young artist named Thon. And uh, which I, when I saw, it just blew my mind that this image had been ripped out of my head and put onto the page. Um, and so, but Scott is a tr- is, is, a tr- is terrific. At layout and watching him come back with a presented finished product based on the the total verbal diarrhea that i threw at him <laughs> <laughs> that's so terrific because <laughs> i'm like i'm like yeah man i kind of want like this and that and this and he's like okay arid and he's very very calm and collected and then straight away back Boom! It's terrific. Um, so I'm really happy with the way it looks, and it all fits the theme. I, I, you know, this, and i have probably spoken to you guys about this before, but for me, whether it's things like layout, but certainly the content of a story, for me, it's that whole, uh, that whole Dark Tower Stephen King thing. All things serve the beam. For me, it's all <laughs> all things serve the theme. Uh, everything has to be tied to a unified to a unified objective that you're Don't trying. Wait, a minute. To,
1: uh, wait, that's so fucking boom. funny. Did yeah. you just come up with that? Um I may have said it once
0: before, and somebody was like, dude, you're a, you're such a fucking nerd. <laughs> and I am. And I am a nerd. But I, I genuinely believe it. And um, and especially when I was writing something shorter, which this is, it became even more important to me that considering that the story is uh, it doesn't spell everything out, and it takes you on a bit of a, a slightly a peculiar journey. It was important to me that everything served the theme, and that extended from the text down to the layout as well.
2: And I'm so and, glad you mentioned. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned the the backwards chapters because you know I definitely consider that part of the formatting. Um, I, I think it ties so nicely with the pacing. You know, you mentioned this is on the long side, I guess, for a novella, but. I think the people are going to have uh, trouble spacing it out over multiple sittings. Um it kind of yeah. demands to be continually read. Um I wouldn't be surprised if you get a fair few reviews that say I sat down to knock out chapter 20 and oh shit here comes chapter 0. Um, <laughs> so it, go ahead.
0: It's a it's a, it's a trick, you know, and it's um the the running backwards countdown creates this ticking time bomb where you know something terrible is kind of inherently there in the design and fabric of the book. And, and uh, combined with that is the fact that it opens... Uh, and then and then winds itself backwards as well. And we kind of there are drops all the way throughout. That something terrible is is coming. So I would love for, I love the idea of somebody sitting down to open this like you did, Brennan, and and not, not being able to finish it and kind of getting it all done. Because I kind of like the idea of somebody going through that journey and closing that book and sitting it down and going, well, I need to have a good hard think about my life. <laughs> because <laughs> um, uh yeah it's a it's yeah it's a this one a little bit special to me maybe
1: i'm glad you brought the chapter thing because i i've never seen that done before and i thought it suited perfectly and i just want to jump back to the cover real quick um aaron actually if you can show just for the youtube for the video version um i think it's brilliant because it does show before i even read the book first off you got that little uh What's that line called for the VHS? So we got kind
0: of like the tracking mark, basically, yeah, yeah. on an yeah, old VHS. Is the the and there's uh, excuse the not for resale. This is my <laughs> this is my proof copy.
1: So that's obviously Heath, and he just looks. I want to say tired, drugged out, but that's not it. He just looks defeated, helpless, hapless, and just lost. And it's sad. And the mouth coming out of. Out of his cheek is just that's that's some Clive Barker ass shit. I love that. And you got a blurb from one of Australia's most notorious authors, Karen Warren, who, listeners, if you happen to listen to episode 119, was on with a bunch of other awesome authors. But she says Aaron Dries is a powerhouse in our fiction. Hard to deny that. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, for real. Um, I, I really, yeah, I love it she's great we com- yeah we we compliment all our guests but it's because there's so much fucking talent and you're you're absolutely up there um brennan go away i'm, I'm blabbering on you just tell me to go away i meant to say go ahead but it came up you can, go stay, away. Brennan. You can stay, brennan <laughs> i want this to be an inclusive space <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean to say go away i'm keeping that by the way no i'm not cutting it
2: <laughs> i i appreciate that thank you for not making me go away so, uh, Aaron, we've got, you know, so much to cover in a 30-ish minutes. Patrick already mentioned there's, a, there's pretty much a very slim chance we're going to be able to keep it 30 minutes tonight. But So I wonder if there's anything else you'd like to share with people about uh, the book that they can uh, pick up now as they're listening to this.
0: Okay, so this is the story of Heath Spooner um, and what happened to him when he was 13 years old. Um, and it is essentially a, a – a, we follow Heath – on a very clear path between thinking he knows who he is and then all of a sudden realizing that he's gay and in that moment that that light switch flicked a cosmic entity has latched onto him and will not let him go until he can reconcile this feeling um it it uh, taps into a bit of it's definitely a coming of age story there are cosmic undertones it is a full-blown monster story, um, unabashedly no, no kind of middle ground. This is a monster story that uh, burns, the, the fuse burns slow but ends uh, orgasmically, uh, and it is it is about really about self-discovery and acceptance. That's that's what I wanted to write about, and for me. I've read many, many coming out stories and I find them fascinating and endlessly relatable because no two are alike, because everyone's experiences are different. But for me, something I wanted to write about was something that was very, very clear in my own personal experience, which is that because of the way I was raised and I was raised well and because and and very lucky and because of where I was raised and the world in which I existed, there was a point. Up to a very clear line where I was just completely never had a reason to suspect that I was any different from anyone else around me, and then something very very specific happened, and it involved a mixtape that uh, that absolutely flicked a switch in my head, and I wanted to uh, and it made me question every aspect of my life, what I thought I was, what I thought I could become, what I thought people would think of me how I fit and related to the world, it all changed. And at 13, it's a kind of death. It is genuinely a kind of death. And it's there's a reason why a lot of gay people, um, when they go through this experience, either kind of come out pretty well adjusted with a great sense of humour because they have seen the depths and the darkness uh, and got through it, or they kind of come out wounded and, and, uh, and that can manifest in many, many different ways. I consider myself very lucky. Um, but I wanted to write about that moment because poor Heath realises that he might be gay and then has to find out how he relates in the world whilst meanwhile... This monster starts to slowly destroy every heteronormative expectation that he has in his life down to the fabric of his house, which starts to mutate. Um, So there's a little bit of kind of body horror in there as well. So it's a it's a it's an interesting read. Let's put it that way. And I hope that it resonates with people just as a story. But for those who might have gone through something similar, might pick up on it. And even if not then, that all this kind of is there on the page and you can feel it.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask two questions and cover both of them before I did. The name of the chapters and the other was, do we talk about the monster? And, And since we can, I was really curious if it's, I think you already answered it, but I was curious for those that may be as slow as me, if it was a representation of homophobia, the monster itself.
0: Could be. It could be. Um, I would be curious to know what other people think, to be honest. It That's could a good be, answer. You know, and and because it's ambiguous to me too, this is not the type of story that um, the only thing that was clear to me at the end of it was that that last line, I knew exactly how I felt. Between it starting and that last line, it's a mystery to me too. And... Um, because it's still a mystery to me, these feelings that I have inside me. I don't know where this stuff comes from. I don't know what it is in me that made me who I am. But I know that it wasn't always easy and I had to get there. Otherwise, it would destroy me. So is it a personification of homophobia? Yeah, it, it is. But also, maybe it's not. Maybe it is a personification of, of, of a death that needs to happen when you have to Mm. Break every expectation that you have for your life mm. and every expectation that everyone else has for you because all of a sudden you're about to tell them the truth about how you feel. So to me the monster is it can be many things at once. But um it was fun to write a monster, in Novella. It was it was fun to get to get gooey. <laughs> it was fun.
1: <laughs> Mark Allen Gunnell said something to me um that I've been wanting to bring up, but there's no really it didn't make sense. Naturally, to bring up at any point besides right now, especially considering that he wrote Brennan and I love that book, as we told you and him. And you can check out his Spotlight Listeners, you can check out his Spotlights episode right now. But, uh, where the dead go to die. Um, so at one point, Mar- Mark said that he doesn't understand my relationship like a heterosexual one. And only because I was raised pretty much like all you were, and I'm doing air quotes for audio listeners, normality with your sexual preference is uh, being heterosexual. So I never thought of it like that. And I'm only bringing it up because maybe other people that are listening didn't have never thought of it like that. And it made me think of this. It's like, well, I don't know why I'm straight. (laughs) I think that there's a lot of good-looking men. I'm not sexually attracted to them, but still, like, I I don't know what the difference is, and it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I only say it doesn't matter only in the sense because that could be very vague. It doesn't (laughs) matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter to me about that. But who the person is now? I'm going to stop there because I'm just going to start sounding like a moron. Brennan, go ahead, sir. <laughs> Jump in. This, is, this is you digging digging the hole. He, um, here's the thing: when it comes to sexuality,
0: there is the the hole is fluid and messy and muddy, and it's there's full of cum. It's full. It's full of, It's, it's <laughs> a pit full of cum <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and skeletons. It's
1: kind of like Hulk <laughs> guys, <totally. laughs> really, really gay. I get, I'm, that look, is I'm a cool Visual. With that. That is a visual right there. Smells salty. Oh, by the way, I met Scott. I met Scott uh, Cole at um, Scares of Care. At one point, we were standing next to each other and I thought to myself, he could be my brother. We're both, you know, bald dudes with beards and uh, not skinny. (laughs) Both great, great, great dudes. (laughs) Brennan, you want to jump to the movie? I mean, yeah, what movie? you know,
2: before <laughs> before we before we jump on, you know, I'd just like to say, anybody who's listening this far and still not convinced, um, Aaron, I thought the you know obviously you started at the beginning, but and I'm going to compliment you anyway. I thought that was such a good representation of what you get with this book. It's the 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 prose is. It's got a frantic quality to it, but with a poetic beauty, but still a lot of clarity. Like, you're not going to get through this and be like, wow, this is beautiful, but I don't know what the hell I'm reading, as you as, as you can with some books. Um, and when a, when a book nails down that mix where I am, you know, fully comprehending what's happening in the story in as much as I, you know, I can with such a wild-ass story like this, um, but it's still got this, you know... Uh, inherent beauty to it ah that's it just hits the sweet spot um and that's so great man thank you yeah of course and you know we we've already mentioned a few times you poured yourself into this but you know i could have i could have made that leap just reading the book i don't i don't need to know the author i don't need to ask the author to say that regardless of how much of this is truth and how much of this is inside the author's head uh, that Aaron Dries poured his soul into this book, um, and for that reason alone, I would love to see people pick this up and, you know, blast through it.
0: Uh, thank you so much. That is, uh, without a doubt, a truly beautiful thing to say, and, and and it means a lot to me. And and in regards to um, uh, the prose itself, look, I I, I could. I could be many things, but I'm a writer because I love the craft of it too. And it's not something that just kind of emerges fully formed, but something that I've been working on for a long period of time. I do think that a book, what I want from a book um, is something that moves. You know, I want it to move, I want the pages to turn. There's nothing wrong with saying that I want to grab someone by the throat and not let them go. And I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you know that I'm already. going to
0: do that. I have There is no shame in that. But I also do think that um, I do want an experience to be challenging and to challenge through beauty. Um, even when I write Splatterpunk, um, I'm, I'm not so much as interested in the viscera of it all, but as I am in just luring you in through empathy and then pulling the rug out from underneath you. It requires a certain degree of craft. And there are many great craftspeople out there and i stand on the shoulders of many who are a constant source of inspiration so i i really appreciate you you commenting on the actual prose itself because it's something i labor over i don't write quickly because i edit so slowly because every word matters to me so much because you can push it too far you can push it too far very easily so i appreciate
2: that matters absolutely i'm Patrick, gonna see- would you like to transition us
1: yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm going to save my opinion on the book for the final thoughts. I love, uh, you know, I, I got nothing but good things to say about it, but I just wanted to save it for the end of the show. Um, so Aaron, right before we were recording, said, hey, do you guys want to watch a 10-minute movie? And Aaron, why don't you pick up and kind of fill in the pieces there, man?
0: Sure. So um, anybody who's kind of follows me on social media will know that I've been cooking. I've been diving into film related waters uh, and I've been working with a really terrific director here in Australia named Joshua Kosky. And uh, he's a mate, a friend. And and there's something in my work that he sees and responds to. And uh, basically we are I have a collection of short stories that's coming out in next year. And that collection of short stories is is in the process of being adapted um, into a anthology tv show it is essentially kind of like black mirror of the human heart it's all stories about um, about care and about how you can care too much you can care and you don't care enough someone cares too much about you Uh, you care too much about somebody else and it's not returned so it's all and then looking at that through the prism of some of my stories and some adaptations from that but also branching out and looking at how different cultures interpret care and how it can spin on a dime uh so but we have we secured funding to to essentially do a proof of concept which uh we have fashioned into its own self-contained short story which is a condensation of the first half of the first episode which is based on the first story in the collection which is called damage incorporated which was originally published in shock totem magazine and it's been adapted as a short film called *Becoming Emma Braintree*, which Joshua has adapted. Um, I worked on it. Uh, we've worked on the big scripts. It's it's and working on a number of other ones. And I, it's ah uh, touring the world at the moment. Basically, it's a play. It's played at, um, a, a huge amount of film festivals. And I am so internally grateful. It's winning awards everywhere. Um, the people are responding to it. They get absolutely what the theme is. And they understand, even though the story itself is somewhat cryptic and crazy. Uh, and uh, it's it's picking up a great deal of steam. So I'm excited uh, to see where this is going to go. But it's called, uh, yeah, the, the, the short film is called Becoming Emma Braintree. Keep an eye on um, film festivals uh, near where you are. Um, it will continue to tour around over the upcoming year and a half. And then hopefully it grows into something much, much bigger, super excited about it. It's very, very nerve wracking to, to sit down with the director when they go, here's the finished product. I was on the set each day, you know, I worked on the script. Um, but to sit down and to see it is a nerve wracking experience. And for the first adaptation of my works, um, holy shit i was just really happy <laughs> so i thought i would quietly share it with you guys um because i can't tell anyone about it <laughs> and, and it's a and it's this incredibly frustrating thing for anyone listening because they'll be like i want to see it but i hold in there hold in there it's coming it's coming
1: into the compit so here's my thoughts you've got to stop with that you've just i've I got stop. thought i could keep a straight face so all right, we haven't talked about it because I said when we when we came back from watching, I said let's just record because I want to get Brennan's fresh take and mine. Um, this was the first year, courtesy of Samantha Koyesnik who hooked me up with Nathan Ludwig, who runs Genre Blast. Um, it, I could have gone down there if I was able to actually have the time to go down there, but I, you know what. I I was a judge for the first time this year for – it was short films, but holy shit, there were some – I couldn't believe it. It was like Martin Scorsese – I can't talk – Martin Scorsese filmed some of these. And um, I bring that up because, you know, there's a rating system on everything, acting, uh, cinematography, the music, and so forth. Uh, You can leave a comment. uh, You know, you can pass, uh, say, recommended, um, or this is award-worthy and if i watch this not because we're buddies or because i just watched it and you're here we're talking now that is a everything gets all the tens everything gets a great that's that that deserves all the awards and here's the reason why fast paced just like you're writing uh the acting's ph- phenomenal i wasn't for a second taken out of it i actually rewound it to watch some parts because i was like jesus christ at no point did i have a chance to stop and think meaning I was never not in that film. It's I'm excited. I can't, you know what? I'm honored that you allowed us to watch that. And this is going to take off, man. I mean, I love black mirror. Like I want to write for black mirror. Don't think it's ever going to happen, but like, I like good anthologies and this just knocked my socks off. So again, thank you. And Brian, go ahead, bud. What, what are your thoughts?
2: You know, if I, if I had to sum it up in one word, it would definitely be atmosphere. Um, I, I thought it just absolutely fucking nailed atmosphere. It's, you know, from, from the beginning of it where you're, um, you know, I, want to say where you're trying to figure out what's going on, but you gave us Mm -hmm. a little bit of a synopsis. I would, I would love to see an audience go in completely cold to this. And I'm sure some of the film festival audiences are, Mm -hmm. um, so while, while you're trying to get your bearings, um, the music is out of this yeah. world oh and um, just, you know, makes it the lead actress who I believe was it was a Jess Waterhouse. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she was she was excellent. Um,
0: She's terrific. And and, and and look, it might be worthwhile. Look, I didn't even mention it, but for for listeners, The the basic storyline is it's about a burned out social worker who goes into people's homes to act out dead loved ones to give these families the opportunity to grieve. But she shouldn't be doing it because she's so burned out and she's got issues with her own identity and maybe she does this a little too well. Uh, And there are consequences to that. Um, So I just wanted to preface it with that. Sorry, Ren. But thank you. So great to hear
2: The last thing I would add and, you know, uh, keeping it as spoiler free as possible, the the final lingering shot, it just it keeps (laughs) on lingering um, for longer than you think it's going to. And it's it's positively haunting for that.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I I love how frustrated your listeners are right now. (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But if it helps. We can all just sit here in silence looking at each other for a moment too long, waiting for Patrick to talk about the skeleton cum pit again. We can <laughs> do this.
1: The scene where wouldn't do that again. Yeah, well, too late. You know, I'm not good at words and promises. <laughs> but promises. the scene where it's a ba- you know, it, it shows her back and it's just orchestrated. Is that the word? I'm thinking of orchestra type music. I can't think of the verb for it, but whatever it is. That me mu- that music was brilliant but the thing that I also wanted to say and I think I said this last year to you was um I I didn't know really I never paid attention to social workers until I met my wife because I just never thought of it and they are they are the heroes y'all are the heroes for real and you guys probably don't all get paid enough um but I'm bringing that up because I love my wife more than any well. Her, my son more than anyone else in this world and i like how i see some kind of representation of her i actually write a lot about now parents and social workers because of her and um i know you're a social worker too and it just uh it warms my heart and to see that also in like a futuristic setting where it's within our lifetime that's that's totally something i could see happening in 10 15 years from now it, it makes me terrified of the future. And I write about futuristic tech, like Black Mirror type stuff, because it scares the living shit out of me. Because I don't think that humans, I think, you know what, maybe I'm going off track, but I don't think I am. I think our species isn't going to know who the fuck we are, maybe in our lifetime, meaning, like, look at video games. We're not going to be able to tell the difference between when we're talking. I mean, you got uh, fake, what, what's that thing called, the fake out or whatever, where it's like, yeah. Someone is, it could be me talking to Brennan, and I could tell him something horrible, but it's really not me on the camera. And someone oh, deep could fake. Defake. Fake. You could fake. That's how good it looks in 2021. Give it another five, ten years. We're not going to know the difference. If you can't trust your senses, there's a, there's a whole, that's a fucking nightmare. So I'll end it. I don't
0: to that. It freaks the shit out of me too, honestly. And look, it kind of is a really great point to raise because it taps back into dirty heads so well as well. And really, yeah. now that I look at it, everything that I work, uh, that uh, everything that I do in terms of my creative output, it's all about identity. Um, because <laughs> identity is something that you think you know until the moment you don't, and the moment you don't, it's the most scariest thing that has ever happened to you death changes us breakups changes us jobs change us friendship circles change us tragedy joy changes us it all affects our identity and each time we do we need to figure out exactly where we fit in the world and i think that's a really fertile place for horror um, whether it's figuring out who you are, like in Dirty Heads, or it's in becoming Emma Braintree and the rest of the uh, Cut to Care collection about uh, realizing what, how other people see you, or about like something like a Place for Sinners, which which came out not too long ago, about how we learn who we are through where we go and the people we meet along the way, identity is is kind of like the key component, the key theme that I keep coming back to in my work. So that shit scares the shit out of me as well i don't want to get deep faked <laughs> you don't want to be faked. this scares the shit out of me <laughs> but i just thought I'd, I'd kind of circle back to that
1: yeah um brennan final thoughts or you want to lead to anything else before we do that
2: um so cut cut to care coming out in 2022 any solid plans you can share with us on that
0: I wish I could give you slightly more of a solid plan, but I'll say it's in the second half of 2022. It's coming out through uh, IFWG, who put out Andrew Cull's Remains. Um, Such and a good book. Terrific bloody book. Andrew is the bomb. I've never met Andrew, and I really need to – Track him down. I got to stalk that guy because he's really talented. And I want to pick his brain, um, and uh, and they put out the grief hole by Karen Warren and a number of other really terrific books. So it's got a good, healthy distribution, uh, um, you know, plan behind it. I'm really excited about it, and um, I'm I've really loved working in short for, In short form, because um, the last couple of years have been weird and unpredictable, and I've been cooking uh, a number of larger books. A couple of which I thought were done, but I'm just holding on to them a bit longer until I know that they are really, truly honest. And uh, for me, writing is editing, and I'm always trying to whittle it down to its most pure and honest form. And uh, and I've got a bit of honesty to to kind of look at those books at objectively. Ah, uh, but the short story collections just kind of purged the purged out of me these short stories. So it's a couple of established um, pre, uh, reprints, but the majority of it's all new, and I'm really excited to get out there because I love the idea of it engaging with people and opening up a conversation about what caring means to them and why sometimes care is horror. Wow, through and through. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about it.
1: You just made me the. Piggyback enough of your one of your points getting it down to the core made me think well writers are really just chemists with words that's fucking cool man um that's, se- that's science bitch <laughs> boom 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 literally right you're lucky that he's not a second co-host or uh he'd be screwed with two knuckleheads
2: did you just call our guest a knucklehead I want Oh my there. god, that's fucking rude as hell. <laughs> you, you you told
0: Brennan, you told Brennan to get out, You're telling calling me a knucklehead. Uh, look. Uh,
1: that's um, all right. Look. Uh, uh, okay, quit. I'll I'll reflect it. Pat you bald bitch. There we go. We're we're all even. <laughs> um just as just to point this out, really cool uh thing is for Aaron's uh collection Mick Garris, I'm just making sure I had his name straight, uh, Mick Garris is doing the forward. For those that don't know who he is, he has directed and written a lot of, what well, you probably know a bunch of his films. One being, if you're listening to this now, uh, still Halloween season, Hocus Pocus, he is one of the writers of that script. Um, how did that happen, man? I'm just going to, you know what, I'm yeah. sure we'll ask you next year when you come on again, but like, I, I got to ask now, how'd that happen? How'd you get Mick this Garris? Is- for sure.
0: Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> that the the most important thing when it comes to meeting people who you admire is to never just kind of – and, and it, it, writers, <laughs> listen, uh, just be yourself in a good place at a good time. That's all it is. And then people will happily engage and talk to you. When you walk up to someone and you're like, read my shit, I'm like, man. <laughs> Buy, buy me dinner first. You know, like it's kind of <laughs> it's not it's not even just like that. And I and I say that um kind of glibly, but it's not about that. It's about it's about approaching people who you respect um as human beings because that's really all they are. Um I met uh Mick Garris uh, at an event when I was overseas and I was like, I really want to interview you. And he's like, Look, you seem like a really switched on nice guy. Um and do you write or anything? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's like, give me something. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. You
2: don't
0: need to do that. <laughs> no, no. And and he's and so I gave him a copy of The Fallen Boys, and he read it within two days. And he's like, all right, I think the interview can go both ways. I want to talk to you because I consider you a peer, and that meant oh, the world to wow. me. And since then, we've just been mates. We're just wow. we've just been friends since there. So whenever I get back to the states, visit and um and when, and. One of the um, my favorite pieces of media when I was growing up was Masters of Horror, which he created, oh, which was awesome. this fucking incredible, diverse, uh, crazy anth- uh, anthology series. And um, and when I came to doing my own collection, it just felt like a no brainer. And so I reached out to him, and I'm like, absolutely no obligation. And he's like, I'm waiting for the manuscript now. Send it through. So um, and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful forward. I'm I'm humbled. And, um, yeah, I'm humbled. And for, for readers, there there is a Mick Garris um, uh, tease, a uh, little Easter egg in Dirty Heads. So if anyone, uh, your readers will pick up on it. But it's uh, so much of Dirty Heads takes place in and or around a video store. And so there is, uh, yeah, I'll leave that for people to pick up on.
1: Oh, okay. You sly son of a bitch. I am <laughs> sly as fuck. Look at this. I named I called Aaron another name. You know what? Just cut me from the show. Aaron, you're the new pad. Done. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, so, sir, do you have any final thoughts?
0: I'm I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy and excited to get something out. Um, something new and unpublished. It's been a little while between drinks on original um releases for me Uh, the last five or so years on the publishing front hasn't been smooth there have been a lot of things that were close to happening and didn't happen and i focused on getting my back catalog back out so it feels nice um to put something out there and to to just kind of just fly my freak flag a little bit and to kind of uh say yeah i might know what i might not know what my identity is uh today but i'm happy to share that Journey A little bit through a story in the hopes that it just engages a conversation with other people who kind of think about this stuff. Um, And also because it's the moment that I finish something and I put it out, I'm convinced I'll never be able to do it again. And I'm convinced that it's terrible. And I have such incredible self-doubt. So just a reminder that I can do this and that it means something to someone it it will help me go back to that big book that's sitting there that needs a bit of a you know the truth scalpel let's and let's see what comes up next so i'm i'm very grateful for this opportunity to even just talk to you guys about it because up to now it's just been in the void and now it's going to be out in the world and you guys tasted it first so make sure you wash your mouth
1: afterwards (laughs) oh no i want that taste forever seriously i'm not i'm not bullshitting you that it's an honor that we got to read that book watch that short because man i i i can't i ain't a betting man but if i was I, i'm putting money on you thanks man i really yeah. appreciate it it means Absolutely. the world that's my final thought so brian you're gonna do it last but my final thought is and like i said i will comment on the book um i liked it i liked it a whole lot and i'm actually gonna send you my review tomorrow because i gotta i gotta edit it i don't want it to sound you know worse than the final cut but um it was a great story that read real quick and i mean it's real obvious that's a coming up story coming of age story and it's heartbreaking it's hard and you know it's crazy this wasn't even because we were having you on or uh, someone in the queer uh, lgbtq community but my wife and i like queer eye um and we were just watching it and i don't know why i do that to myself every fucking time i, I tear up it was about mm-hmm. a um a a guy that works in a Philadelphia church. He's a, um, what's his title? He's a clergyman. I don't, I don't know what his title is, but he came out and when he was growing up, they weren't okay with openly gay clergy uh, people. And um, now he is, and he's trying to reform the church to allow basically kids to see that Christianity isn't, and I don't really push like religion for any religion, but like, I thought that was beautiful because I grew up Roman Catholic and not that I was around bad people, but I didn't like the overall theme of it, which it just felt like if you're different than what they think is awesome, basically you're going to hell and just like fuck that. So my whole point was um, it's awesome to see this and to live in a time when there's a lot of positivity going on. And uh, Aaron, you're a part of that. You're a social worker and, I, I truly mean this, and uh, I thank the world of you for that. And I'm lucky enough to call you a friend. I love you, buddy, um, Brennan. It's your turn.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't recommend highly enough that people go grab this this book. Uh, it's it's got a frantic quality to it, intermingled with beauty, um, and. You know, most of all, it's raw and it's honest, you know, I'm borrowing your word with honest, but that's, you know, as soon as you said it, I said, yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at. That's the word that was eluding me before, if there was one. Um, And of course, we appreciate you sharing that, that clip with us. That was a, that was a rock solid 13 minutes for me. Um, so good. So, uh. People should definitely make sure they are following you if they are intrigued by how we described it, so they can kind of figure out uh, when they can get their eyes on it. So where can people follow you?
0: Um, look, the best way to interact with me is through Twitter, at Aaron Dries. I, heaven help me, have uh, now got a TikTok, uh, Aaron Dries <laughs> underscore writer. <laughs> Aaron Dries underscore writer. I've, uh, I will get better at it. I will get better at it. Um, and, uh, I, you can also, yeah, that's always hit me up through my website at aarondries.com. And, uh, look, I just wanted to thank you guys so much. It's, I'm really happy with, uh, this, uh, Dirty Heads out now through Black T-Shirt Books, which is a super cool little imprint through Adam Caesar and his goodwill. Uh, and, uh, and come check out the beautiful art front scott's beautiful layout and and hang around for the story inside i'm just really happy really happy so thanks guys
1: normally i don't tell people when we're recording because it doesn't most people probably don't give a shit but we are recording october 15th that means we have a little less than two weeks for this year and we can't me and brennan can't say a word about any of this so we're gonna share that little pain of not telling people stuff i'm gonna tell my wife and that's about it but oh, my God, it's going to suck for those two weeks. Absolutely.
0: And do you know what? It was Adam's idea. Adam's like, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. And he's been telling me to do this for a while as an experiment more than anything else. He's just day release, one notification, it's out. Click here. Uh, Do something. If you want to startle people, startle them in the way you're going to launch it. Uh, Because, you know, everyone knows about the short story collection. This is just a little Halloween gift. Uh, for others and for me too so you're both sweating through this
1: secret with me (laughs) it has been hell
2: (laughs) we will be shouting about it on the 27th though yeah
1: we will absolutely uh and we'll yeah we'll have our reviews posted then too so aaron brennan I truly love you both, and I'm very excited to see what people think of this. I'm really excited. I don't know what I'm more excited for, this, your upcoming collection next year, or the movie. Um, it, it's a, a lot contest. of awesome stuff. It's not, not a contest. contest. Not a contest. It, it's, you know, it's all great. Okay. So, listeners, I don't know what episode is next. Uh, I don't plan that far ahead, apparently, but thanks for joining us. You have many choices in podcasts, and I definitely fucked that up. See you later. Six worry. You are now leaving. Deadhead space. Let's <laughs> 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 just roll with it. It doesn't matter.
2: <laughs>